Ready? Hello, Hello spooky friends. friends. Welcome back, everybody. Second episode ever. Um, my apologies for the first episode a little bit. Um, I didn't realize how much I say the word like. I also didn't realize how much I say, um, so I'm going to try to work on that. And I also didn't realize how much I do this. <laughs> I do it a lot. I'm trying to stop. I'm like an addict. But I also I need to make a correction because the first time I talked about Persephone, uh-huh. when I was talking about you Hades, said I said Persephine and it's Persephone. Isn't it Persephine? Mm-mm, it's Persephone. Persephine is how I said it. The One of my friends texted me this morning about it. Oh, really? And corrected us because she said, in case people are trolling, she said, just, just finished the podcast and I love it. Also, future reference, Persephone is pronounced Persephone. Persephone. So no one trolls you in the future. So there we go. We've had our mistakes pointed out. Oh, hell. I was making all kinds of them. And I realized I left out a lot of, like, key points in my story, too, that I wanted to tell. I'm working on it, guys. So, anyway, we have returned to kind of transition into a new topic that also kind of branches off our previous topic. Yes. (laughs) Jennifer's sick, so bear with her. Yeah, I'll get it together one of these days. And she just got her septum pierced, so. That is also true, I did. (laughs) Great combination. Mm -hmm. But, so anyway, what we are here, well, I announced what we were talking about last time. So you tell me. Okay, so we actually have chosen to talk about um, possessions and exorcisms. Um, And I would like to start off. By saying right now at this moment, I'm a little bit of a skeptic as to how much I believe that possessions are real. I'll see how I feel after these stories that I'm sure you're about to rock me with. Um, But right now I feel like possessions are more of like a mental illness, if you will. Kind of like a schizophrenia or whatever, but like a severe version of it. I mean, I could see that. I just feel like because the Roman Catholic Church is so strict about who they will perform exorcisms on... Right. That it makes it really hard to believe that it's all just purely mental illness. Because I read a lot. Like, this topic was very, very interesting to me. Because I'm kind of, I kind of fucked up head. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I read a lot about it. Took in a lot about it. Mm. Mostly to see if anybody around me ever acts possessed. Because I need to know. Yeah. I need to learn, know to stay away from them. Well, well, like, the reason I say that is because um, people with schizo- 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 schizophrenia honestly believe that the um, the people and stuff around them are actually doing and saying the things that they see. Um, so right now, that's where my mindset well, is. that's not entirely true, because, like, we have an uncle that has schizophrenia, and yes, he but has... If, but, but if he... If his medicine wasn't working for him, he would... He honestly would think that those things were real. Like... That's true. I guess. I don't um, I don't know because I don't have that mental illness. But so his also might not be as bad as other people's would have been or could have been. You know that, what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Um, but we'll see. Maybe you can change my mind. Okay. Okay. I know that we've all heard stories about possessions, but... Uh, or, like, watched the movies that had to do with possession. But I'm just... 
everything that I've read just makes those stories seem so much lighter than what they actually are. Like, yeah. Because the first time I ever heard anything about a possession was when I watched The Exorcist as a kid. And that was only because my grandma had told me, like, definitely to never watch it because it was about the devil. And I definitely and, listened to her. <laughs> yeah. Jennifer was the one that listened. I was the one that did whatever I wanted to do. But um, <coughs> I watched The Exorcist and I will be honest... I wasn't really that scared of it as a kid. I, the special effects weren't great. I mean, it was very obvious that it was not real. So in my mind, it was just like another monster in a movie that wasn't real. <laughs> I've aged and realized that it's terrifying. Extremely terrifying. So yeah, based on what like we've been uncovering, like it is scary to think about that. That could be a realistic thing. Right. So here we are to shed light upon a extremely dark topic for people who maybe felt the feel the same way I used to. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the actual definition of a demonic possession is the state in which someone is being controlled by a supernatural force. Most often it's something satanic. The symptoms are generally missing memories, altered personality, Increased aggression, convulsions, fainting, speaking in tongues, and sometimes in other languages that this individual would never know. Like, yeah, they've never taken classes. They don't know this language at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's been something so big it's like, in a lot of stories that they speak, like, like Italian or... Or, like, Latin and stuff like that. Yeah. Also, the American Psychiatric Association says that Disassociative identity disorder may also be misinterpreted as possession. Many individuals that have reported to be suffering from possession have also suffered from trauma, suggesting that there has been mental distress that could be a large contributing factor. Um, there are many cases where it has been believed that medical attention was not given in enough time because of the misinterpretation. I mean, that's not how I feel. After reading all this stuff, but like Jennifer said, she doesn't feel the same way I do. Well, it's a possibility. I think that yeah. it's probably just because my brain is always like, nope, to anything that scares me. So I always try to find a way to justify the fact that it may not be real. The oldest documentation of demonic possession is from the Sumerians. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Sumerians. Um, but they believe that illness of the body or mind was caused by sickness demons. Or Giddens. Hmm. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. I'm just going to transition right into my first topic, which is Anna Elizabeth Mitchell. Um, she's most commonly known as Annalise. I like the name Annalise. It's pretty. It is cute. And I'm not sure if you're aware or anybody that's listening might be aware, but Annalise is actually who the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose is based off of. Um, but anyway, so Anna Elizabeth Mitchell was born on September 21st, 1952. Um, she was born into an extremely religious German Catholic family, which that had to suck. Yeah. 
At 16, she suffered a severe convulsion and was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. Oh, shit. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. Um, in June of 1973, Anna suffered a third seizure while staying in a psych- psychiatric hospital. She was placed on an anti-convulsant medication called Dilatin. Um, but his this did not diminish the problem. So, basically... Nothing is helping her at this point. Yeah. Um, with the first medication making no difference in Anna's behavior, they placed her on an antipsychotic medication called Aolept, um, which is used to treat psychosis, mostly associated with schizophrenia. So here we go back to what you were saying. Yeah. You know, they didn't believe she was possessed. They believed she just was one flew over the coolest <laughs> Um, so in 1973, Anna began claiming to see the face of the devil along with voices that would say hateful things to her, telling her that she was damned or that she would rot in hell along with hallucinations while praying. Well, let me just say if something was telling me I was going to rot in hell, I'd be like, you ain't wrong. Yeah. Like pour me a margarita. I'll party with you when I get there. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be the mistress, okay? Yeah, I guess you would. Mistress. Anyway. <laughs> um, along with all of this, Anna began began suffering from severe depression, which no wonder that would be so depressing. So, like, yeah, that's your reality. You're locked up in a hospital. Like, what kind of life is that? Yeah, like solitude is like the biggest thing. Like, because you'd have to feel so alone at that point. Mm-hmm. I feel for you. Annalise. Um, Her treatment that took place in the psychiatric hospital was not helping Anna in any way, and her condition continued to worsen. Becoming frustrated with doctors and medicine, as she had been on antipsychotic medications for five years and nothing was helping her. Um, She became intolerable of Christian places and artifacts, mainly crucifixes, while in San Damiano it was concluded that she was suffering from demonic possession due to the fact that she had refused to drink from the Holy Spring and was physically unable to walk past a crucifix. That's crazy. Anna, Elise, and I have a lot in common. Being able to not walk past a crucifix? Right. Oh, God. After approaching the commune, I shouldn't be making jokes, guys. No. Actually... I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because you can technically walk by a crucifix. You just don't, not necessarily don't like to either, but. um, I mean, I don't like to. I will say that. I don't know. I just feel like I got to be real. I want to attract well, my kind of people. I think that like our background story makes it so that it's like uncomfortable to be by just because of stuff. Yeah. That's true. Garbage. <laughs> Listen, this is the thing about me, though. I make really inappropriate jokes at really inappropriate times. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of people in my life appreciate me for yeah. the way that I am. So I'm going to still probably make jokes. And I'm just apologizing in advance. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> not sorry. But, um... After approaching the commune with incredible hesitation, Anna was unable to enter, stating that the soil burned like fire. 
when she tried to approach it. Oh, shit. Can you imagine trying to walk on just soil and your feet are, like, on fire? That's awful. Mm-hmm. While she was looking at people praying in the garden, it appeared that they were gnashing their teeth. Okay, so that's... Scary. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that being what you're seeing all the time. Yeah. Poor girl. Well, and that's, like, that kind of a thing is where, like, I draw, like, schizophrenia from it is because of, you know, seeing things that may not actually be there. Right. But, like, I don't know. Even if that's not the case, like, if that's because of the fact that she was actually possessed, like, that's fucking creepy as hell. Right. Um, I just, I can't imagine because they, they do. Okay. That is a common thing with schizophrenia, but but also what if it's being mistaken because of that? You know what I mean? Because of course the devil's going to make you see shit to scare the shit out of you. What if all the people who have schizophrenia are actually possessed by the devil? I feel like that's a bit extreme. Well, I mean, valid estimation, I guess. But anyway, uh, Anna's parents approached several priests requesting an exorcism, but they were denied, stating that they thought Anna needed to continue with medical treatment. Anna was placed on antipsychotic medications, anticonvulsant medications, and mood stabilizers. However, just like before, none of these medical interventions helped Anna in any way. Her condition continued to worsen, beginning to growl, throwing things, and stating that she could see demons. Oh, shit. Yeah. Again, poor girl. Yeah. Like, what? At that point, like, what could you do? How old is she supposed to be at this point? I think 23. So she was born in 52. And at this time it's 1975, I believe. Yeah. Um, let me look because it, yeah, 1975. So she would have been 23. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so yeah, she was seeing demons growling, throwing stuff Bishop Joseph Stangle gave the priest Arnold Wren's permission to exercise, but ordered, ordered, God, I can talk, I swear, but ordered total secrecy. So ain't nobody supposed to find out that this was going on. Wren's performed his first session on September 24th, 1975. So Anna stated that she was dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the app apostate priests of the modern church. Hmm. She began to refuse food. So in my opinion, I feel like that's her saying like, she just wants to die. Like, because what's the, that's the only thing she can do. Right. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, she began to refuse food. Her parents eventually began refusing medical attention and stopped consulting with the doctors, relying solely on the exorcisms. So, 67 sessions were performed on Anna. 67? 67. Jesus. And listen to this. Spreading throughout the course of 10 months, 
one exorcism each week that lasted up to four hours a time. That's fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, how many... Can like, you imagine how physically exhausted she had to be? Like... Because they were doing at least one a week. Sometimes they were doing more, right? No, they were only doing one a week. Okay. Well, maybe it was at least one a week. Let me look. One exorcism each week. Okay. So that's all it said. Um, but that was between 1975 and 1976. God damn. Um, I think everybody... Well... Knows how the sentence, I think. Um, July 1st, 1976, Anna Elizabeth Mitchell died in her home. Again. That's sad. Girl. Yeah. yeah. The autopsy report stated that her death was caused due to dehydration and malnutrition. Due to a starvation state for almost an entire year. Gosh darn it. Yeah. She weighed only 68 pounds when she died. And suffered from broken knees due to constantly praying. Like even she probably when, looked like a fucking skeleton when yeah. she died. If she only weighed sixty eight pounds, I mean, it depends on how like tall she was. But I'm gonna bet like she probably just looked like a skeleton, like skin and bones. Yeah, and think about this: as skinny and small and mal- malnourished with pneumonia, everything. Yeah. This girl is forcing herself to pray. She has broken knees. In her autopsy report. Gee, many Christmas. Yeah. Um, it was reported she contracted pneumonia and was unable to move on her own before her death. Jeez. Um, Anna's case went to trial and the doctors testified that she had not been possessed, that her behavior was because of a psychological or had been because of a psychological effect due to her strict religious upbringing along with her epilepsy. So they're saying, so even though they had all these like documented, like reasons that she probably was possessed, they still basically said she had to have had mental illness. Well, yeah, because they're doctors. Like if science can't explain it. Well, yeah, I guess, but I mean, I guess that's kind of, what I was saying too, so yeah. And I've met my fair share of asshole doctors. <clears throat> some of y'all cool, but some of y'all assholes. Um, yeah, there are some assholes out there. Like my doctor, I have no, I think she's pretty freaking cool. I like who I go see, but the ones I've had before, not so much. Um, so the defense, which was Anna's parents and mm-hmm. whatever, the defense played tapes recorded um, from Anna's exorcisms. So they recorded all those episodes or not episodes, but exorcisms. Yes, I think they just tape recorded it though, not like video recorded. Okay. Because well, probably to prove to the Roman Catholic Church that she's possessed her speaking these languages that she would have no way of knowing and growling like i listened to the audio from these and i'm not kidding you it is like horrifying i'm like jesus christ like she sounds like a wild animal but like i don't know (laughs) 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 like 
So I know that there were there were a lot of like exorcisms that were done in that in that time period just from the like research and stuff that I did because it was not that long after the that first exorcism movie came out and so then everybody was like, "Oh, you must be possessed. Oh, you must be possessed." So there were a lot of like cases of it at that time, but that one to me sounds legitimate. Wow. Um, basically in these, in these recordings, she's like chanting, um, she's talking in other languages, screaming the demon, the demons identified themselves. Several of them did as Lucifer, Cain, Judas, among others. Um, however, the court did not seem to think this was like reputable evidence, I guess. Like, Beyond a shadow of a doubt, they did not believe that it was accurate. I mean, yeah. So, I am going to insert a clip of Annalise's exorcism. Just something really, really short. Probably only going to do like 10, 15 seconds. But I just want people to be able to hear kind of. And I mean, if you don't like it or you don't want to hear it, you can, like, fast forward. Like, I would comfortably do, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. Come back to us in 30 seconds. Okay. Almost done with this one. Um, but yeah, Anna's case went to trial and her parents and priests were found guilty of manslaughter resulting from negligence. Sentenced to three months in jail, which was later suspended and only ended up serving three months of probation. So wait, so she refuses food herself as a 23-year-old. Mm -hmm. And her parents get charged with neglect. Pretty much stating that they should have forced her to go to the hospital. I'm pretty sure. Like... Or called an ambulance, something, gotten food in her, some kind, you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. could give her, like, a feeding tube. They could get, put her on IVs and hydrate her. So she... But I also feel like, why didn't they just have a doctor come in and put that stuff on her? If they wanted her to be at home, I'm well, sure they would have Well, and I feel it. like nowadays, like, anybody that would present with that kind of symptom would be, like, committed. Yeah. You'd be locked up, wrapped up, put in a padded cell. Like, I 100% agree <laughs> with you. My next one is not as long. <laughs> um, I just felt like Annalise's deserved a lot more time because hers, I feel like, was legit. And maybe if she'd been able to get the help she needed in the beginning instead of being denied by the Roman Catholic Church so many times, um, maybe she would have made it through. Yeah. But the longer that demon's in there, the more powerful it's going to be. So, basically. This is why I'm not religious. 
Um, so my next story is about Ronald Robbie Doe. Um, he is the kid that the movie The Exorcist was a be supposed to be like loosely based off of because this is a boy and we all know that in the exorcist it's a girl yeah and well anyway um the actual name of the child is unknown because it's pretty much based off of a novel that was written okay and so so nobody really knows what the yeah kid's name is mm-hmm okay so he was born to a German Lutheran family. And maybe there's a connection. Yeah, because Annalise was from a German Catholic, Catholic family. family. The Germans. Um, <clears throat> the family lived in Cottage City, Maryland. Robbie was an only child that relied on elder family members as playmates because there weren't other children around for him to play with. So... Robbie was extremely close with his Aunt Harriet, a spiritualist, and she introduced Robbie to the Ouija board after he expressed interest in it. So, I'm sure we got people out there that have a lot of opinions about a Ouija board. Yeah, let's just say I don't feel negatively about them. I feel like if you use them in the right way, like... Yeah, it's okay. I say research, 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 re research, 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 mm -hmm. because if, if you do it correctly, I don't feel like bad stuff will happen. Or if bad stuff does start to happen, you're you're better at identifying it and closing the board, whatever. We're veering off topic, though. Yes. <laughs> I said this wasn't going to be as long, but of course, I go on tangents about everything. Um, after his aunt Harriet passed away, the family began noticing strange noises and furniture would move on its own. Ordinary objects seemed to be tossed or levitated when Robbie was nearby. Oh shit. Right. I would be like, is this Harry Potter? Hello, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> so, and if you guys didn't figure out from the last episode <laughs> and make the conclusion from this episode, we love Harry Potter. Yes. We a couple of... Nerdy ass bitches. Lutheran priest Luther Scholes arranged to spend a night with the boy to see whether he could witness any of these occurrences. After stating that he had seen household items moving on their own accord, Scholes suggested that the family see a Catholic priest. Mm, get him to the church on time. Boom, boom, boom. Edward Hughes, a Roman Catholic priest, performed a series of exorcisms on Robbie at Georgetown University Hospital, a Jesuit institution. During an exorcism, Robbie was said to have broken free one of his hands, breaking off a spring from the bed and using it as a weapon. Slicing open the priest's arms, the exorcism was halted. Oh, shit. So he was getting crazy. He was getting ravenous. <laughs> wonder if he was gnashing his teeth. Probably. I imagine them like pointed. Oh God. I just imagine I'm being broken from gnashing so hard. The family traveled to St. Louis, Missouri, where, where relatives were living. They contacted a bishop at St. Louis University, who then spoke to William S. Bodern. Both priests visited Robbie, where they witnessed where they where they are said to have witnessed a shaking bed, 
objects flying, the boy speaking in guttural voices, and showing an aversion to anything sacred. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Bodern was then granted permission by Archbishop by the Archbishop to perform another exorcism on Robbie. Um, the exorcism took place at the Alexian Brothers Hospital in St. Louis, which has since been demolished. Three priests, but I will say, from things that I've read, when the hospital was still open, and this is the crazy part, they had like blocked off that room. Like it was locked up. Nobody used the room after all that happened. I mean, would you want to go in that room again after that happened? I mean, I would go in the room, but we also know that I would be the one that gets possessed. So, you're not wrong. Right. Three priests, William Bodern, Walter Halloran, and William Van Roo, all took part in the exorcism. The words evil and hell began to appear across the teenager's body, and the mattress began to shake. And in the process of all of this, Robbie... Broke Halloran's nose. Oh, shit. Yep. It was stated that after the exorcism was completed, Robbie went on to live a pretty much ordinary life. That's crazy. Um, yes. So this case... Well, at least that means this, the exorcism was successful. Yeah. That is true. He lived. There's a positive story, unlike Annalise's. Yeah. R.I.P. girl. Um, so the case went on to inspire the 1971 novel, The Exorcist, by William Peter Blatty, which was adapted into the 1973 horror film, The Exorcist, same name. The case also inspired the movie in 2000 called Possessed, which is said to have been much closer to the actual story of what happened. Um, a documentary also was made titled The Grip of Evil, along with a documentary film made in 2010 titled The Haunted Boy, The Secret Diary of the Exorcist, where a group of investigators travel to a location and discover a diary that was supposedly said to be William Bodern's. So the priest during the exorcism. So that's legit. Damn. Yep. So those are my two stories. Okay. I guess from... That, how do you feel combining, like, your research, not that you've read your, like, your stories yet, but Uh does it kind of change your mind that it, like, your perception of it being a mental illness, or do you still kind of feel like it's just really severe? Well, I think that there's definitely a possibility that that could be what's happening, because, I mean... How else would you learn to speak Latin? True. Because people don't study it even anymore, really, unless you're like, you decide to do it in college. Grandpa had to do it because he was going to Catholic school, but. The cutest little old guy, Grandpa. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I definitely just think it's way too fucked up to just be. A mental illness, like a chemical imbalance. I just feel like... Well, there's so many different, like, components to it, like, that may have swayed in my opinion. But in it swaying my opinion, too, a little bit, I think it made me realize that maybe... 
some of the other things that I've never thought were actually real are real. Yeah. Which I need to repent for a lot of things, if that's true. <laughs> Here we go. Coming at you. Okay, so um, I actually looked into a couple of different occurrences or claims of possession myself, um, or different claims of possessions. Um, I think that I'll start with the very first one that I found, um, and then I chose to read. So where I started was as I googled possession stories because let's be honest, I really knew nothing like about them going into this because I just avoided all things that made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> like as far as things that made me scared or whatever. So I just avoided them all. So I had no idea even where to begin. Um, so I googled possessions and um, I started reading like the titles that were popping up and the sentences and stuff that like would follow them um, just to figure out like something that would like pique my interest. Um, and I found something that drew me into a particular article because um, the title of it was actually. <laughs> yeah, this was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have smelt the breath of Satan. The story of a co-carry exorcist, um, which was written, the article itself was written by Dean Ruxton. Um, he, they were going over like missed story leads that had been published in the Scotsman newspaper, like from 1890 and on. Um, so like it was something that had been published in the paper, but like nobody took that story and like branched off of it and like developed it anything else. It was just a simple story. Um, <clears throat> but the actual opening line in this article was that exorcism can be extremely violent. I have seen objects hurled around rooms by the powers of evil. I have smelt the breath of Satan and heard the demons' voices. Cold, scratchy, dead voices carrying messages of hatred. Ooh. Messages and, of hatred. Yeah. And that... Bullies. That was quoted in the article, um from the Scotsman newspaper that appeared in the obituary of the co-carry priest and author of, um, the book that I kind of get into here in a second, um, called his name was Mal Malachi Martin. Um, it was published in the Irish times on Saturday, August 7th, 1999. Um, Ooh, baby, yeah. let's party like it's 1999. Okay. So I read this and now I'm thinking to myself, like I can really get into this. So I finished reading the article, um, and I found out a few more interesting things that grabbed my attention. Um, <clears throat> like for starters, according to some information in Malici's obituary, his raid into um, the Jesuit priesthood took him to Rome in the 60s, um, but he re actually requested to leave and be released from his vows in 1964 because he felt that the Jesuits were more interested in power than in saving souls. Well, I mean, probably like every business is more interested in money than people's well-being. Right. <clears throat> but everybody's been that way forever. Right. <clears throat> so at this point, like I'm wondering to myself why he felt that way. So I chose to keep reading. Um, and then if we fast forward 12 years into his story to 1976, 
Um, Malachi released a book um, had a total of five claimed real-life exorcisms. Um, it was called The Hostage to the Devil, The Possession and Exorcism of Five Contemporary Americans. I like that title. That's a very yes. catchy title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, there was a case that they mentioned in the article that was called um, The Virgin and the Girl Fixer. Oh, I'm a virgin. Yeah, where um, where there's a transgendered woman who becomes possessed, which her name was Rita, but she was transitioning, so they like were calling her Richard. So like, I'm, I'll probably refer to them more in the like them there whatever to make it politically correct. <laughs> but um, they were described like something out of a horror film. Their, said that their mouth was opened, burying their gums and down their throat, and their tongue protruded, quivering on a stream of gray foam bubbles. Oh, this sounds like a demogorgon. Mm, however yeah. you say it. Um, said that their their whole face furrowed in irregular lines as they broke into peals of laughter, great buffeting gusts of mocking, jeering, and Schadenfreude laughter. The laughter pouring from a belly of amused scorn and consumptuous hate. Cheese, cheese and rice. So, and by the way, Schadenfreuden um, means pleasure derived by someone from another person's misfortune. Mm. <clears throat> so basically, imagine someone laughing at you like they are enjoying the fact that you are miserable, kind of like anytime you get hurt and I laugh. I even laugh when I get hurt, though, so, I mean, it's not... I mean, that's true. I have literally been in so many circumstances where I have gotten hurt, and I'll be either, like, just laughing or, like, laughing and crying. Like, the time... This one time... Is it okay if I tell this story? Oh, I don't care. Go for it. Okay. I was coming down the cellar steps at my grandparents. Um, I was in a skirt. And flip-flops. Oh, God. And it was raining outside. And these are wooden, un- unfinished wood steps just, like, going down into the basement. And Those steps are terrifying, I actually. I step with one flip-flopped foot on the top step. And my entire feet go out from underneath me because I slip on the step in my flip-flop. That has no traction. And go down on my ass down the cellar stairs and land in the bathroom. (laughs) Oh God. And it hurt so bad. I had scrapes on my butt cheeks. Like it was just not good, (laughs) but I'm sitting and Sarah saw the whole thing happen. Our sister, Sarah saw everything happen. And from the room that she was in and she's literally like, Emily, are you okay? I can't tell. Are you laughing? Are you crying? And I was like, <laughs> no. <It's> awful. <laughs> yeah, but I've had many occurrences like that. So Yeah. Anyway, continue. Okay. So this article, like the article wasn't very encompassing. Like it talked more just about the priest himself and not the stories. So I decided to look this guy's book up. <laughs> Ooh. Did you read it? Not the whole thing. No, I only read um 
looked for the section about um, the transgender oh. person that I was um, looking into. Richard and... Richard or Rita? Rita! Yeah. Rita! Margarita! <laughs> anyway, sorry, Rita um, slash Richard. But yeah, because that one quote from the article had me wanting to like know more about what happened to this person. Wait um, a minute. Hold on. If it so it was a woman wanting to transition into being a man. Yes. So it was Rita transitioning into Richard. So I'm assuming she went by Richard, so I feel like we should call him Richard. Okay. You could do that. It's Richard. Sorry. We ain't gonna mention Rita again. Well, that's fine. Well the way they list they talked about it like in the book, um I didn't like it because they referred to her as her. Oh, and she was Becoming a man, so yeah. She identified as a man, so shame on you. Yeah. Have some respect, right? Um, but so then I do, I dove into Google again and started this search for this book, and once I found it, um, I started looking for the pages that talked about the quote that I read from the Virgin and the Girl Fixer. Um, so I continue to read on about how this person suddenly and violently spasms backwards and forwards as if their middle was caught in a vice. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Um, that may hurts my back just thinking about that. And I guess they were doing um, the first section of an exorcism on her or him. Sorry. Wrong thing. Anyway, um, they then screeched and shredded their clothing, leaving themselves naked. Like, shredded it, like, ripped through it, like, with their, like, claws. So Richard did this? Yes. Okay. Um, Richard then attacked the priest performing the exorcism, seriously injuring his genitals, um, causing the support team that they had outside to have to come in and tie, tie him down and as they rolled in laughter from the priest's agony. Oh my God. Tell them. Tell okay. them what he was doing. So oh my God. So they like grabbed a hold of him with, like in his genitals with their claws. Like his balls. Yeah. And like one finger was like like in the priest's like butt. Like not in his oh. butthole but like digging into his like butt cheek. Uh-huh. And then oh. they had <laughs> a hold was- of their his balls and was like sawing at his balls with the, his claws. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, I was that like... That ain't some kinky shit. I was like, what? Like, hell no. That's what I'm gonna do <clears throat> to the next guy who fucking decides to date me and cheat on me. <clears throat> this isn't gonna be a repeat offense of me just slapping the shit out of somebody. Yeah. I will literally rip your balls off. So don't approach... Like, approach with caution. <laughs> Now, the guy that wrote this book wasn't actually the priest that performed it, but he was there, like, when it happened, Mm because he was, like, a backup priest or whatever. Um, But the the priest that was performing the exorcism had to wait for over four weeks to try and perform the exorcism again because he'd had to recover not only physically but mentally before he could attempt to excise whatever was possessing this person. This bitch is over here continually touching. Stop it. I'm done. Her nose that is freshly pierced. She's going to infect it with her dirty, rotten hands. My hands are clean. No, they're not. When's the last time you washed them? Uh, when I went to the bathroom, I forgot it. You know how many things you've touched? Anyway, oh, we're not going on this tangent. I'm sorry. I have this habit. 
Continue. Okay, so apparently this priest did not survive much past the exorcism. Um, Ooh, the demon came after him. Yeah. But the priest told Malici that, as you apparently know, I've had some dealings with Beauty and the Beast. After that, you know Beauty when you meet it, and you know the Beast. Mm. Um, at this point, the priest was told that he only had a few months to live because since the exorcism, he had suffered from two strokes and had developed incurable heart disease. Oh, no. Poor little priesty. Yeah. All he did was try to help. Yeah. Um, I skimmed the rest of the chapter, um, but I stopped a few. I stopped a few times to read sections more completely. But I skipped around a lot because, well, I'm a fucking scaredy cat. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Listen, that's why. That's why you're still scared of stuff because you don't face that fear head on. Because I feel like it wouldn't scare you so much if you would expose yourself to it more. Maybe. Because I used to be scared as fuck of everything. And now I can walk through a haunted house like, what up, bro? But, like, honestly, I don't think that that fact about me will probably ever change. Whatever. Just, just say that. I'm going to fucking rope you down, tie you down, rope you down, <laughs> tie you down, and, like, put fish hooks in your eyelids to pull your eyelids back so you can't close your eyes. Yeah. And just put it on, like, repeated horror movies. Um. But yeah, so, like, basically to kind of summarize the story, like, the whole thing, the whole section about Richard, um, it talks about his transition, um, like, from being a woman to being a man, um, and, like, the different things that he went through to get to that point. Then it talks in, like, extreme detail about his possession, and then the exorcism in great deal, and it was very eerie. 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 Very, very scary. Oh, so scary. <laughs> I'm gnashing my teeth. Um, but anyway, so while I may or may not still be a skeptic, because I'm still kind of undecided, um, I can honestly say, though, that I am creeped the fuck out. I say you're undecided because the moment that you admit that it's real, like for real, for real. Yeah. That's, then it's scarier to you. Yeah, you're probably right. Because that's a lot of why people are scared of a lot of the things that they're scared of. Yeah. Uh, so, or fears and maybe not. Oh yeah, because they're afraid that they could be real. You yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, people do it even on an emotional level. Like, you know, you have somebody toxic in your life, but you really care about this person. So you make excuses. Um, yeah. Because of the fact that if you face the fact that this person may not be who you want them to be, yeah. then it, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> so people do it every day, but that's true. It's self-preservation. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I believe it. I believe it's real. I believe it's real <laughs> shitty. Real fucking shitty. It is really shitty. Like, because if that is it, like, if that is a legitimate thing, like, they're really possessed by the devil or one of the devil's, like, demons that it controls, like, that's horrifying. 
Right. It is extremely horrifying. I just, I guess I don't know how it could do that. Does it sense a weakness in you? Like, I, I don't know. Right. Like, I feel like you would have to, in a figure, like, sort of let it in. Like, you're comfortable, like, not comfortable with it, but, like, you, your guard is down, so you, like, let it in to you. Dude, have you ever seen the movie, is it called The Possession? I mean, let me see. Yeah, The Possession. It has Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it. Sexy motherfucker. <laughs> um, but his daughter, they're at... Um, so the, the story, I don't know if, if you've seen it, whatever. But um, he's at a yard sale with his daughter. It's like an estate sale, kind of. Mm -hmm. And there's this box that this girl wants. So the dad buys it for her, whatever. She gets it open. Pretty much there's a demon or bad spirit inside and it possesses her but there's a scene in the bathroom because she feels like she's gagging on something yeah. and she looks in the mirror in her mouth and you can see two fingers like coming up her throat oh fuck no yeah oh jesus <laughs> i was literally like oh hell no <laughs> and she like stabs her dad in the hand with her fork in the morning because she's literally just sitting there, like, shoveling food in her mouth, like, ravenously. And her dad's like, Emily. Emily. Because I'm pretty sure the little girl's name is Emily. Because every fucking scary child in a movie is named Emily. Well, that's because Emily is a terrifying person, apparently. I know. And this little girl is so freaky. Like, oh, my God. And I'm scared of children anyway. And that's on, like, a whole other level. Like, if some creepy kid was, like, staring at me... In their front yard, just, like, head hanging, eye, direct eye contact. Wind is blowing. There's leaves everywhere. Their hair is just whipping around in their face, and they're just staring at me. Like, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> I would like to make a public service announcement. <laughs> Look into the, like, names of your children before you name them. <laughs> yeah. Watch lots of movies. <laughs> Even though... Oh, well. But anyway, yeah, Emily, like, stabs him in the hand with her fork while Jesus. she's, like, shoveling food in her mouth. Yeah. Wow. So, and I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I'm circling back. Like, how could anyone, even a small child, want to stab him? He yeah. Is, he is a fine motherfucker. Do you know who that is? I don't I'm going to show you. If you don't agree that he's sexy... We're done here. I'm finding a new host with me. Yeah. Well, then at that point, you might as well find a new sister. <laughs> might as well. Oh, yep. Yep. I concur. Yes. He is such a fucking fox. And he's married to the girl that from One Tree Hill that you like. Oh, I fucking love her. Yeah. Hillary. Jennifer loved One Tree Hill because she's gay. Oh, uh, no. I loved... The character Peyton, like, I, I know everybody else, like, says that they found her annoying, but I loved her. I don't know if, like, I felt like I, like, identified with her for some reason, but I liked her. I have no opinion about One Tree Hill, really, because I never really... <coughs> 
I never really watched it. So. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps up the exorcisms. Yeah. I s well, we'll try to keep it lighter next time. Yeah, we're going to come up <laughs> with maybe, I mean, an equally, like, creepy kind of thing. It's still got a creepy vibe, but it won't be so light and, like, yeah. I mean, so I mean it won't so it won't, <laughs> it won't be so heavy. It won't be so heavy. And you can just kind of sit back, laugh, relax, drink a... Bloody Mary. Ooh, or a bloody, um, Bloody Maria. Mm. Maybe Mom. that's what we should do next time. Have Bloody Marys? Well, no, but, well, we can have Bloody Marys, but talk about. Ooh, like, um, urban legend kind yeah. of things. Maybe. Ooh, ooh. I like it. That sounds fun. Yeah. So, you'll have to come back. Yeah. Come back next time. I've I've been trying to do a lot better with not saying like 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 I know I've done it a few times and I've still quite a few times. Well, it's like I noticed that I was saying um a lot, even though like, but see the thing is I noticed it. So if I'm noticing it, then I can correct the problem. We can kick the habit. Yeah. At least it's not heroin, bitches. We have a status to uphold in our personal lives. Clean and pure. Yes. Um, like, also, the, like the freshly fallen snow. I was playing this game with my friends last night. And um, they had to nickname me for the game. Oh and they God. named me Queen E. But like soon you say it, it's like Queenie. And I was living for it. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel I, like that definitely suits you. Yeah. When they when they were like passing the thing around and everybody would be like, Queenie and Chance, my friend Lakin's husband. Well, they're both my friends. But um, yeah, he was like, that suits you so perfectly. And I was like, I know, you're a genius. <laughs> but yeah. So maybe it. that's what I'll refer to myself as from I'm going to start on. calling Queenie. you Queen E all the time. Queenie. Yeah, girl. Queenie. Queen E. Queen of Beauty and the Screams. Yeah, that's it. Long may I reign <laughs> on these hoes. <laughs> Anyways, so I guess it's time for us to sign off. Come back next week. Mm -hmm. We have episodes coming out for right now every Friday at 9 p.m. We're trying to figure out how to balance our lives. Yeah. But stay tuned. I doubt things will change. Pro probably not. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll, I mean, it will change. We'll stop saying liking them so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, all right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my ear drops.